Hey, this is Rob, and this is technically episode 22 here, but this is going to be an additional episode to the weekly one. It's going to be shorter. Uh, the reason I want to do this is because Will Forsman from Cafe Steam is in town and is willing to stop by and talk about this whole COVID-19 coronavirus situation. Uh, Will, from previous episode with bad audio quality, hopefully this one has better audio quality, but he has cafes down in Rochester and has had to deal with the backlash of cafes being shut down, only allowing takeout service. So this episode is hopefully of some help to those out there dealing with this scenario. Uh, and so I guess let's get it brewing. All right, now here with Will from Cafe Steam, uh, we've got about a half hour here, so I'm going to pretty much hand it off to him, but for those of you who are not in the restaurant industry, obviously you know what's going on with COVID-19, with coronavirus, but it's really hitting the restaurant, cafe, bar industry much harder than anyone else. Uh, for someone that's working a normal job where you can work from home, this whole experience is kind of like, oh, you know, I have to work from home. This is kind of freaky, but also kind of a cool in a weird way. And I'll, I'm out of toilet paper, <laughs> but besides that, like I'll just avoid people for a while. Yeah. Whereas in the restaurant industry, uh, especially like obviously like Follies hit hard with our customers not being able to buy coffee and yeah. Filtera is all at zero until this thing's over and we're figuring out ways around that. But on the restaurant side, there is the real uh, the reality that people are losing jobs and it's immediate. It's not like, hey, yeah. you're going to get laid off eventually. It has to be in a lot of scenarios that it's now. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted to talk to Will while he was in town about uh, everything from w like what it was like when the news came in, how you handled it, how your staff is handling it. And then like, what are the nitty gritty details that you've learned along the way that might somebody else might need to know if they're in a situation where they're out of work or they're limited in, in you know, maybe they have healthcare covered, but everything outside of that is, is yeah. not. So yeah. I'll, just, I'll just let you do most of the talking today. Well, and, and I think um, what's, what's really nice about this whole situation is that there's this big sense of solidarity associated with it. Everybody's going through the exact same thing, um, kind of all at the same time time the problem is there's a lot of um, knowledge gaps that are needing to be filled filled um, simultaneously the last 72 hours has been an absolute drinking from the fire hose uh, learning experience and um, for us you know I I had never had to um, sort of evaluate on um, such a large scale unemployment and and ways of navigating that but uh, we've been keeping a really good dialogue with our with our staff just since we since we found everything out but just to give a little bit of a timeline. We um, we we sensed that something like this was was coming. You know, there was a lot of um, that that initial um, anxiety associated with it, like a week ago. And so I called all of our managers managers together on um, Sunday night to get to say, hey, we're going to be adjusting some staffing. And we ran numbers from the week previous and and said, well, okay, if we need to get ourselves down to this um, 25, 27 percent staffing ratio based on the numbers that we saw, and we we had really thought that we had a little bit more time to forecast that that drop and that night after I sent out the email to staff um, I started getting notifications from coffee shops out on the west coast and the east coast at the same time saying hey we're uh, closing all of our staff is being laid off and I thought god that sucks at least we've got time to prepare for that yeah. but it was within 12 hours um, Tim Walls was was out and uh, you know issuing a statement and and saying 
you know, we're, we're going to require that you, you um, essentially close for a time being. So, there, so leading, leading up to that, yeah. the general feel in the public, was business down because of it or did you not notice it? Or we were, where were you sensing this anxiety? Yeah, um, we were down um, from Wednesday to Saturday, probably 15%, which is not yeah. the moon and the stars. Yeah. That could be, you know, a couple days of snowstorms. Could for be all a random from, week. Could be a random week. So we weren't really able to... Um, fully appreciate how down business was until that coming day um, when it was full blown, you know, don't go outside kind of kind of social isolation and distancing thing. Um, so what uh, our kind of plan of action was literally just get in the group chat, work, abandon the email model because now we're kind of kind of like, let's just get this out as fast as we can. And so in the group chat, just essentially saying, hey, guys, I don't know what's going on exactly and leveling with your staff to say like, you know, we're we're all in the all in this together. Um, and when and and I remember um, kind of having to take an hour after that that news to really think about what we were going to do next. And the problem was every time we tried to um, make an attempt to have a plan, a half an hour later it, it changed. It seemed it seemed like there was an update and, and strengthening so it. So initially, when he makes this announcement, is there a timeline on it? Or is it just that initial distance yourself? We uh, so there was the press conference he had done Monday morning, um, and or was it no? It may have been Friday morning where uh, he said we are not leaving off the table of the closing of restaurants and bars, and that was where I got the first instance. Mm. And I came to that meeting, I was like, "Hey, this is on the table." I w- and I my, I remember my words exactly were, you know, they wouldn't do this without giving us a few days. I was completely wrong. <laughs> and uh, it turns out we only had 12 hours to, to enact it after they officially announced it, which was um, uh, really crazy. And uh, so we uh, had had the meeting, felt good, woke up the next day, felt something completely different. We knew that that, that press conference was going to be happening at 530 that, that day. Um, and what's really cool is we're, we're in Rochester. And so we see, we have a huge medical presence from mm. the Mayo Clinic. So this really hits home. We knew we, we had that anxiety, I think before yeah. a lot of other major cities, because we are not only an epicenter for, for travel, but we're an epicenter for, you know, the health services. Um, and so right as that, um, that announcement was made, there was a parking lot across the street from our one discovery square location. And semi started rolling into that parking lot and dropping off shipping containers. And these shipping containers are now being modified into uh, testing sites, and mm. and they're being modified into I think a version of of care facilities or or um, um, patient services. Um, and it's w- incredible to see that that sort of response taking place. But clearly, they have a better handle on planning than we do. Um, something we do anticipate happening next week. Because the same rumor mill is generating this, and and you know there are different. Um, I actually heard about it through um, the the Brewers Guild uh, that the the restaurant and um, uh, uh, bars were going to have to close down the next day. But something that we do anticipate happening next week, and it may even happen sooner than this, is the shelter in place um, uh, um, legislation. So people are actually. I mean, it's everything's going to be shutting down, um, and. I don't know. Could you explain what shelter in place means? Um, shelter in place is something that they're doing uh, on the West Coast and the East Coast right now where they are telling people literally what they're saying in France and, and Europe to say you need to stay inside and you can't leave your house. Mm-hmm. So full quarantine and, and the economic impact from that is 
um, going to be incredible, not only from the small business side, but um, from just literally everything is going to stop. Now, shelter in place is, is not necessarily a mandated quarantine, but it is a, it, in larger part is a, is a suggestion on the behalf of the government that you should not be leaving your house. Um, I don't know exactly what that means for businesses operating. Clearly, if people are being told to not leave their house, they're not going to be trafficking your, your establishments. Um, so that can be inferred from that. Um, and, you know, there, there's a lot of fear that's surrounding that. And it's, it's important not to incite anything. Obviously, we have to operate as normal up until that call is made because mm-hmm. otherwise you're, you're kind of stoking this this um, this fear and, and this hunger for information that everybody has right now because I can tell you every hour I'm, I'm Googling COVID Minnesota, yeah. COVID Minnesota, COVID Minnesota and seeing how that is. So, so the news comes out, uh, closed down, yep. and if I'm correct, it's uh, takeout only and there's a limitation on even can someone come into your building. Yeah. And, and this is where there was some really difficult language around um, that, exact, uh, that executive order. And, and I made an initial mistake in, in my reading of it. Um, Section one um, prohibits public ingress or egress. Um, ingress and egress means that people cannot enter or exit a building. Um, but section two um, dictates that you can limit your occupancy by the public to uh, fewer than five people. So there were there was some uh, direct language that I, I think um, uh, preceded um, the interpret the interpretive language that came in section two. So direct language says you, you can't have um, anybody coming in and out of your business. Section two said, but if you keep it below five people, you can have people picking things up inside of the business. So um, they can't stay in inside of the business, um, but they can grab things and leave. So uh, operationally, we're going to be able to operate in um, a limited capacity by having um, just from our standpoint, we're going to have one person on bar, which is going to be me, uh, for, you know, 12 hours a day. And then we're just going to be doing to go, uh, items. Um, and that is from our standpoint, we would like to set up sort of a a relief fund for our staff. So all that revenue is going to be kind of going to be directed towards, um, payroll costs for, for that periods for that, that, um, income that those, those did you you have to lay off when that decision was made? Oh yeah. yeah. We laid off, uh, I think it was 27 staff members simultaneously, which is a really, really difficult thing to do. Um, and the the plus side, I, I, I shouldn't say the plus side, um, but we were on top of it with our unemployment. So making sure that, uh, like the first thing I did when, when I said that was I sent out the unemployment link and very directly said, during this time, you're going to need to um, generate your own income. And um, here's what our intentions are with what how business operates from this point on, and we're going to do our best to, to maintain that. Um, and um, where did you find that unemployment link? Uh, just through the Minnesota, uh, I just uh, Minnesota government's uh, website. So you can you can find it um, online. And we the the following day, I, I had a call with our lawyers and and just to kind of walk through a lot of that language and. What's important now is there is a bill uh, approaching the Senate, which was going to be voted on, um, and there are some relaxations to um, uh, unemployment applications. So uh, some of the big things that I took away from that, they are waiving um, the one-week waiting period um, to apply. So typically when you apply, you would not receive that those benefits for about three weeks. Um, obviously, there are a lot of people in um, this situation right now where that's not an option for them. Um, in the last 24 hours, we saw a spike from an unemployment rate of around, I think it was like 4% to now unemployment is between 20 and 22%. That, that, uh, that sort of, uh, ramif- or, you know, um, 
reaction is is we just can't fathom it. Millions and millions and millions of people lost their jobs in 24 hours, and and that's really hard uh, for the system itself to recuperate from because now you have um, government agencies that typically operate on that three to four percent unemployment rate now applying at a at a rate of about 20 percent. So to alleviate some of that. Um, they're waiving that one week waiting uh, waiting period so that they can hopefully get people in and out of the system as fast as possible and, and generating income of their own. Um, the other part uh, that I found really important was you can list your tips as a form of income. So um, these are tips that are generated and need to be documented, unfortunately. So um, baristas specifically will generate cash tips um, and typically they're not recording those on their their. Um, their payroll mm-hmm. income statements, and that's very common throughout any sort of service industry. But those credit card generated tips are a form of income, and those are taxed, and that tax money goes to um, your uh, um, unemployment uh, uh, insurance and your unemployment taxes. So it's important that if you're make, even if you're making um, hour an hourly wage, your tips that are incorporated into your taxes or into your paycheck at the end of your pay period um, are able to be incorporated into that unemployment hourly wage. So average that out, talk with your employer, uh, make sure that you have a good dialogue. And if they're not answering questions for you, then um, you need to get those answers from them because um, it's it's very important that you, you try to begin this unemployment application process as soon as possible because truly we don't know how long this is going to last mm-hmm. and we don't know how long it's going to be until the bottom falls out on the government and uh, and we actually have like there isn't the infrastructure to be able to support those applications anymore. So start it as soon as you can. Um, and, and hopefully it's a, it's a fast process, um, or expedited. Um, I'm trying to think of what the other relaxations are going to be for, or at least specifically to, um, to the unemployment. Oh, you, you do not have to be actively looking for other, other employment. This is super important. Um, they are relaxing that you don't have to be, um, engaging with potential new employers because they want the retention on the part of the, uh, business that is um, laying off its employees to be able to have staff to go back to. Um, something that's really scary for an employer who has to lay off workers is that event. If let's say you have to open up again in um, a month um, and your staff, they all have different jobs. They all have different jobs. You have nothing to pull from. So the government has, has um, made sure to change language to say um, your um you do not have to be actively looking for for employment. So you can take this subsidy and still have your job um, when you come back to it. The other part is um, they are changing language to um, say any significant uh, reduction in hours. So let's say you haven't lost your job completely. Um, you are, let's say you were typically working 40 hours a week, but they've dropped you down to 10 and that's to work um, the single staffs or, or whatever they're gonna be able to uh, allow for um, this you know to go option um, staffing basis it, you can still apply for unemployment um, and you can still take make up that additional um, loss of income from unemployment which is hugely important that's pretty key because I've heard some uh, owners and employers say I had to lay them off because even if I could have given them limited hours sure yep I want them to get that unemployment and yep. so I'm not doing takeout because of that. Uh, so on that side, I know based on just following you on Instagram and all that, that you have been uh, shifting to a takeout model and testing this at your Broadway location yep. to see if it works out. Yep. Uh, so being on the other side of it, the way I see it, I've kind of seen two major responses specific to coffee shops, but also restaurants is 
we're either shutting down completely yeah, uh, because it's already hard enough to inventory, yeah. to buy, to know what kind of stock you have, to know what you would need for a takeout model. Yep. Uh, and so I'm seeing some people close down completely and I'm seeing others do what you're doing uh, of shifting to a takeout model. Yeah. And so I'd love to hear your reasoning um, behind shifting to a takeout model sure. versus shutting down completely. And then also, uh, what have the major challenges of that have been? Yeah. What have they been? And uh, how? what's been the customer response? Yeah. I So I can't speak uh, specifically for businesses that have chosen to, to shut down completely. But my guess is there's sort of a moral obligation to um, reduce the number of people that are entering and exiting your business. So mm. one of the, you know, um, very important parts of this is the fact that we're trying to reduce social interaction. So actually trying to build a foundation for that social distancing and and reinforce it by saying we're just going to close completely mm-hmm. um that's hugely important um we recognize that if we're going to stay open we need to maintain a six foot distance between all people so as as people are coming in they're going to see signage that says hey please keep a, a six foot distance from each other and we've uh, removed all of our chairs and all of our seating so that people can find room to be able to do that um, we operate in a large enough space where where six foot distancing isn't uh, isn't unrealistic if there are five people in hmm. inside of the coffee shop. Um, our reasoning behind staying open is because we wanted to find a new normal for for business operations to go from um, completely no business to then restarting our business was um, difficult because it didn't allow us to provide for our staff and and really our our main my main goal and we've spoken with uh with my fellow owners and, and they've echoed this that we want to be able to provide something for our staff and and so like i said earlier all you know the revenue generated during this time is going to be diverted to you know kind of a, a fund we can't pool um income because it's technically in minnesota it's illegal to pool um income but we wanted to generate a, a fund to help um alleviate some of our staff's living costs mm-hmm. and and that's the hope the larger hope that's if we if we continue to stay in business um but the the there are some that feel that their likelihood of being able to open up again um, once this is over is increased by by closing completely, and I um, see that totally. Um, if you are thinking that it if you can't keep staff on at 10 hours, like say 10 hours a week, like that doesn't make sense to a lot of people. And so your staff is going to leave and then you're left with operational issues and logistics issues of trying to like keep staff staff in there. Um, there's just a lot of, a lot of confusion. And I haven't spoken specifically with um, other, other business owners that have closed up completely, but I've been a part of a dialogue with um, a lot of other coffee shops that are, that are staying open um, just to do to go service. And, and it's under that same foundation of they want to provide something for, um, for not only their um, their fixed costs month, monthly, but hopefully something for their staff as well. Yeah, and it, it, it's interesting too because it, I think part of it is dependent on what you serve. Sure. Coffee and coffee shops are such a daily part of people's life yep. that taking uh, going to a takeout model is a far smaller risk yes. than someone who is – uh, more of a fine dining establishment, but even on that side, I'm uh, Gavin Kaysen here locally with yeah. the Swanier Group. Uh, they've now opened up a takeout menu, and I wanted to bring him up because he is 
really taking a leadership role yeah. in pushing out the petition of, I mean, there's, there's sales and use tax coming up in two days here. Oh, yeah. And this is something that businesses a week ago were preparing to pay for. Yeah. Uh, and it was built into the budget and they're budgeting for that. But the restaurant industry, industry is notoriously small margin. Yeah. Uh, and all of a sudden we've got these sales and use taxes, dude, that really could put a lot of people under to, and then if this thing lasts longer than two weeks, which I think it will, mm. uh, it could make it so that people can't make it through this. And so uh, I'll link to his Instagram where he has the petition. I think that's another important thing to uh, look at. Uh, what have you found in the takeout business? What are your best selling products sure. in the takeout game as a coffee shop? Yeah. Are there any that surprised you? Um, boy, we... I think I think our drip coffee game is going to increase quite a bit, and and I'm thankful for that because that's one of our wider margined items. Um, other other things are merchandise, bags of coffee, beans. Like I I if I had um, numbers from from beans like I did on that first day when we saw that diminished sales, you know we'd be doing just fine. But people are kind of planning for this quarantine a mm-hmm. little bit. They're saying, well, if I'm not able to go out and get coffee, I'm going to have to make it inside. So we had we had our. Um, uh, bagged coffee or, or retail coffee um, uh, jumped quite a bit, which was was um, uh, made me a little bit more optimistic for our online sales, which is why we pushed uh, are starting to push that a little more heavily too. Um, you know, I think it's going to be a ch- a pretty big change, um, and I'm I want to feel it out over the next couple of weeks to see what um, um, actual products are going to be changing. I don't know if we're going, we're probably going to see a diminished sales in our specialty drink items because there's a little more presentation with those Mm -hmm. drinks because you're getting it in a different glass. It looks nice. Let's say that it, that Instagram model is, is now uh, uh, kind of absolved because you aren't able to take a a picture of it in environment. And so you're going to see a lot more utilitarian coffee. I want to get caffeine. So cold brew is probably going to go up. Drip coffee is going to go up. Espresso is going to go up. Um, I, I would be curious to see how lattes and and other things change as well. We do a lot of those in, in to go already. So, um, pastries are probably going to drop quite a bit. Mm -hmm. Um, food items are going to drop, uh, overall because you don't have an environment to to sit and eat them with in. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's, it's just going to be a learning experience over the next few weeks. So, yeah. Um, I'm seeing some cool things go down in the, uh, in the takeout game, I wanted to shout Let's out. See. Yeah. Uh, this one's really cool. So uh, Jamie Malone over at Grand Cafe, okay, on East Side Eat and Drink. Yeah, uh, I mean Grand Cafe. Jamie Malone is like James Beard, everything, uh. and she's uh, nominated for Best Chef Midwest this year. And Grand Cafe was named Best Restaurant by I think Food and Wine Magazine. Uh, but uh, they just posted their to go uh, situation, and what they're doing is they're including bingo cards in all of their to-go orders and they were going to have instagram live bingo and winners get to uh, gift a meal to someone else uh they're including breakfast treats including make your own pancakes i thought that was really creative because people are not only looking for things to eat but what is now lacking in people's life is experience and that's half the reason i go out to eat is for the experience and i was like that's cool because i want a pancake from a james beard award-winning chef like it's probably better than any pancake i would ever make and on her side it's probably pretty low cost to give somebody the ingredients of pancakes i thought that was a really cool idea they're selling things like floral arrangements you know stuff that's like you don't need it but 
you're not thinking about it either. But if it's at the same place, you're picking up takeout. Uh, and they're doing a drive-in movie in their back lot. So while you're waiting for your food, they've got a movie playing in the back parking lot. I that was like, is so awesome. And we're you're seeing business owners who are literally in a nightmare situation right now coming up with really ingenious ideas. And I'm, I'm hoping there's at least some sort of like um, group thinking that like as a group, they're like, what can we do yeah. to make this better? And then just spitballing ideas off of each yeah. other. I'm trying and to figure out something with coffee where it's like, it's, is there a coffee something we can send you yeah. uh, that you buy it and then we'll do a tutorial, tune in Sunday morning, we'll all brew it together and I'll give yeah. you best brewing tips for that or something. You know, like order a bunch of pour overs, get those in early next week and get those out and then we can all learn how to do pour over while you're home alone because we still want good coffee, something like that. Well, And this is where we're going to start to see some of the greatest forms of business ownerships that exist because... Um, we are encountering a time when people are the most stressed that they can be. And those with the best ideas, they're going to be somewhat amorphous and, and change their business to be able to accommodate this and find a new normal. And those that do it the fastest and with kind of the, the best ideas are going to come out ahead in this, yeah. in this game. But they're also going to find an ability to support those around them. And so putting those ideas out allows for other businesses to take and interpret like, oh, I can literally change my business in this way and and be able to you know make ends meet yeah and and it's cool that they're able to project that and and share that information with people because hopefully somebody's going to be able to see that and 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 reflect on it in, in themselves yeah and it's it's during times like this it's like obvious you know people still want people want to support businesses yeah. but there's so many local businesses out there that it's like how do you yeah. still get them to come to your business as just like a show of support. And yeah. so the way I think about it is like, not only do people want great coffee and they want to pick up, you know, their normal thing that they get from the coffee shop every day, they're now missing experience. And I was talking to my friend outside of the restaurant industry and I was like, what's your take on all this? Cause I'm like, I'm mm-hmm. freaking out. <laughs> like filter, the cold brew side is like zero and folly is like, plummeting because all of our wholesale customers uh and i'm and then i was like what's your take on all this because i've got so many friends that are now out of work i'm trying to figure out what we're gonna do and then she's like it's a it's like a huge bummer to not be able to go out and eat yeah and it's a huge bummer to not be able to go out and i'm like there's something there yeah and my first instinct is to be like you don't understand you don't get it but for most people that's the reality yeah and so outside of just having food available for them to pick up what else can we do to like fill that void? Well, like, what what kind of experience can we provide? Yeah. Uh, I've got a group of friends that are in a band that's a Renaissance band called Lore Weavers. Shout out Lore Weavers! Woo! They're all it's <laughs> Lore Weavers. They, they're so ridiculous. They're all really talented musicians, <laughs> but they're all like mega nerds, uh, like D and D. I'm shocked weekend. that a band called Lore Weavers is no, but like they started doing it just to mess around yeah. and. They started booking gigs because they're the best Renaissance band that's ever existed. Oh, that's and wonderful. they're doing they're doing a live stream uh, concert this weekend on yeah. Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's like stuff like that where it's just like stupid and fun. But during a time like that, the the average person that's what they're missing. Yeah. And so it's kind of hard when we're in this because it's way more stressful for all of us because we're in this industry that is so directly affected. But it's like that's the Grand Cafe thing really yeah. stuck out to me because it's like this extra little layer of like, oh man, now not only do I get a great meal from this award-winning chef, but like I'm looking forward to making these pancakes tomorrow. How many things 
in your home are you looking forward to doing on a daily basis yeah when you're quarantined yeah it's like oh man and so do you ever do you ever have those moments where you're just oh, they're so much smarter than i am the, every There's day little... <laughs> every single day that's why i try to talk to as many people as possible because anyone i talk to knows that i'm like i have no idea what i'm doing what are but you they're doing? like hey you should try this out and you're like yeah okay, okay yeah more of that no yeah. and i go i'll take that make it stupider and bigger <laughs> and i'm dumber. gonna do that yeah no every idea i've had is like a version uh, of a different one just bigger yeah. stupider and yeah like, yeah i don't know well, you're seeing, and what's really, really comforting is the solidarity aspect. I would be pulling my absolute hair out if I were in this alone, if mm-hmm. I were looking at the you know, the numbers that I was looking at. What's really cool is being able to reach out to your landlords and be like, hey, next month's rent is kind of up in the air. And, and they un- they're more understanding of that than they would have been a month ago, mm-hmm. which, is, which is really crazy to think about. And um, calling your accounts payable, being upfront with them and being like, hey, your net 10s, your net 15s, your net 20s, that's going to be kind of up in the air at this point. So there, there is a unified sense of understanding that we haven't really experienced in my lifetime, except for I hear a lot of you know adults, and I, I reckon, see it a little bit of myself talking about how um, the contrast between this and 9-11, I think that was one of the biggest yeah. the biggest events of, of our you know lives, and, and, and there was this kind of unified sense of understanding for the weeks that, that came after it. But now... We're looking at something that may be several months yeah. of just like everybody's in it together. Um, give grace to those that are around you and, and be able to have be a, be a, a shoulder to lean on and, and be supportive. Um, I was just looking up a statistic while while you were talking of, of you know what how, what percentage of our economy is made up of small business and it's incredible that uh, here I'm gonna, I'm gonna actually read it verbatim over ninety nine percent of America's 28.7 million firms are small business. The vast majority, 88% of employers, employer firms have fewer than 20 employees. Think about that. 88% of our economy is made up of employers that are fewer than 20 people. Yeah, and for the longest time, I think the message, like support locals, like, oh, because it's like the right thing to do. <laughs> In terms of when you look at it from an, like an economy-based viewpoint, like keeping money in small businesses is it's that cliche. Small business is the backbone of America. And yeah, you know, yeah, you yeah. hear politicians use oh, that yeah. as a campaigning platform and it makes me hate the phrase, but it really is the truth that it's obviously large companies are employing a lot, a lot of people, but let's think about who's shopping at those. So here locally target. Well, who's shopping at the target? Well, it's all the people that are small business and employing their people. And it's, it's, it, this is a time that the more you can focus on how local can you spend your money, the the t- the, the better it's going to be for everybody. I mm-hmm. think because, quite frankly, the the large companies, they have, it's it's not even that they're operating. They probably have more money in the bank. But even if they don't, they're big enough that the government's going to bend over backwards to make yeah. sure they stay in business. Yeah. And that's just the God's honest truth yeah. is that they're so big. You see with airlines, like obviously we all need airlines, but yeah. you know, they're like the government will step in and make sure we don't go out of business. Exactly. Small businesses don't have that. No. I'm trying to get a very small line of credit <laughs> and you would think I'm asking for their firstborn because we've only been in business for two years. But I'm like, the, the line of credit is so much smaller than what we've done. And yeah. it's like, they want, do you have collateral? No, or just like, oh, well, and, and so it, that's why it's increasingly important is I'm not saying don't shop at these big places if they offer us goods or service that you sure. want, but like they will be helped out by the government. Yeah. Whereas on the small business level, it, 
unless we all band together to get small things done, mm-hmm. there's not a lot of pull we each have as an individual business. And so as a local consumer, it's increasingly important to go out and like make sure that you're being very cognizant about where you're spending yeah. money, especially now with so many takeout and carryout options. Like, yeah. I know normally it's like, okay, you wake up, and, oh, Chipotle's free delivery today, cool. Yep. Well, how about just take an extra step, hop on the Instagram, or I know Jason Derush just posted a full map of everybody doing carryout in the Twin Cities. Hmm. There's resources like that out there. It's not hard to find who's doing carryout. I just urge people to just like take that extra step uh, to spend locally. Uh, not even just because it's like, oh, it's the right thing to do, but because it's, it's like that is really what keeps the wheels turning. Absolutely. And, and we are entering into a period of, of, uh, of, you know, a, a recession. And, and this is the first time in our history when uh, a recession is not caused by uh, demand in years previous, like the, the one in 2008, it was caused because people had buyer's anxiety. They didn't want to go out and buy homes. They didn't want to go out and buy um, things. This is the f- first time that a recession is caused by supply. We literally don't have access to the resources in order to meet the demands that people are are having because they're, the the uh, government mandates are cutting us off in the middle, saying like, okay, people want these things, but we're going to take out the supplier that's going to be able to do that. So um, it's that cognizant aspect of making sure that if your coffee takes a little bit more time or if something is, is, isn't quite as what you'd expected, um, the, the understanding in that is appreciated by by those people that you are you are choosing to do business with because now we're seeing businesses approach their customers on a much more human level we've dropped kind of the veneer of and and well manicured presentation of on our social media I'm, I'm literally just trying to speak to people mm-hmm. as as a business owner now I'm, and I'm saying like hey here's where you come in right <laughs> you know here's here's how we can make this work here's how you can literally keep this business open. Um, and, and that's language that I would never dream uh, of using, especially to customers. You, you try to kind of hide that portion of yourself where you're like, oh yeah, this is, you know, uh, looking at your accounts payable and trying to make sure that you can make ends meet is not a side of businesses that you see. Now it is. Mm -hmm. And I'm hoping that this imprint is a little bit more lasting than just the the duration of this um, COVID outbreak. And that's, in these coming days, it's definitely going to be the approach I take is getting more real. But I, I also am of the mindset that like, hey, I'm not just going to ask you to buy our stuff because I'm trying to keep my doors open. Mm-hmm. I'm also approaching of like, what can we do differently to not only ask you for your business, but give you something during this time yeah. that's better or different than what we've done before yeah. so that it's not you're not just doing it out of charity because charity is not sustainable. It's good in the short term. It's a nice injection. Like you said, in that first day, you sold a lot of retail bags, but people aren't going to buy a retail bag every day to keep your doors open, regardless of how bad they want you to be open. Everybody's got their own things to worry about and being realistic about that. And that's what I loved about the Grand Cafe bit uh, and what they're doing is like, how can we add layers into what we're all doing to not only fill the void of good food and drink, but also fill that void of like, people are going stir crazy. They're looking for anything, mm-hmm. like any form of like positivity. And so that's what I'm gonna try to be doing the next couple of days on my side. But on your side in the cafe, again, a lot more, like 27 people. Uh, what is the mor- morale like? And what have you done? Or what, what have your people done to try to rally together through yeah. this. Uh, the group chat has been a really, really uh, good tool to utilize. Like, hey, um, 
this is how you do things. This is how you apply things, but level with them and, and be like, guys, I, I don't know what's, what's going on. And <clears throat> kind of just, I've, I've been very fortunate in where as an owner, I've never really taken on that full position. Like, you know, that, that appearance of an owner, there's, there are a lot of uh, businesses where, you know, you have, uh, especially coffee shops, baristas that don't necessarily interact with the owner of the company. Um, I'm there every, every single day and I'm seeing them every single day. So they know that when I say that this is a hard time, I mean it. And, and it's not something that I'm like just saying to, to try to, um, uh, you know, leverage some sort it's of what sympathy. everybody's it's, saying. It's oh, whatever. You got to say the same. Yep. Yeah. And, and it's the first time where I've had to mention the concept of numbers to them though. Mm-hmm. This, that's, this is the first time where I've been like, Hey, these are the numbers we need to hit. It's always been sort of back end stuff for mm-hmm. us, but we had a, a, a several orders that were placed on Sunday, and I, I it was the first time where I said, "Guys, we don't have the the money for these orders." That was that was a really kind of eye opening thing for both of us to to mm-hmm. be like, "Okay, I'm kind of lifting up the curtain for the first time and being like, this is bare bones what we are as a company." And and so that that allowed for us to um, find an even ground um, mm-hmm. to be able to operate from, and they were able to see with a little bit, hopefully a little bit more understanding. Mm-hmm. At least this is this is in our dialogues with our my managers. Um, and, and hopefully allowing that dialogue to, to, um, uh, level the playing field a little bit more. And, and, you know, you, you yourself understand this as a small business owner, we don't get to collect unemployment when, when it go when it happens. So when the money dries up, there's, there's, there's more left for, you know, your staff than there is left for the, the, the employer. So, mm-hmm. um, once it's gone, it's gone. Yeah, and I, I know you got to get going here, but, yeah. uh, as a last point here, cause Obviously, like safety is more key than ever. You have already mentioned keeping six feet and uh, having signage in your store and making sure not only you have the signs, but you have the space that if there's a number of people that can be in there, five, that they all can have equal distance apart, six feet. Yep. What are additional safety, measure, uh, safety measures that you're doing that mm-hmm. you would recommend? Yeah. Uh, and yeah, is, it, is that like state mandated or is, are these things you've taken upon yourself? I think uh, um, the biggest lesson is going to be common sense. So making sure that when you are um, exposing yourself to potential risks, touching contact surfaces, etc. Um, every time you leave from behind the bar, you're washing your hands. Um, just be cognizant of, of your surroundings and, and use common sense. And that's literally what the what the state is just mm-hmm. kind of trying to drill into people is use common sense. Don't go into public areas if you don't need to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, for, for food safety, we've always had a really high level of standard for uh, making sure that people don't get sick. And that will, nothing in that respect will change. Cleaning of touch surfaces um, in our dining area is going to change quite a bit um, just because that's a level of, of sanitation that we, we haven't needed to um, to meet. Um, but that we've had an act for several weeks now just in an attempt to forecast our mm-hmm. um, uh, the need for it. And just just common sense is my biggest my biggest lesson. Don't don't put yourself at in harm's way if you don't need to be. Yeah. Um, I'm going to let you go here. Yeah, I'm going to blast this out today because I think there's a lot of really good stuff in here for people Hope to so. hopefully be able to pull a couple resources from. Um, I'll tag you in the bio. I encourage people, reach out to Will. He's yeah. a wealth of knowledge when it comes to this stuff. He's running multiple <laughs> cafes down in Rochester. Or if there's stuff you're doing that mm-hmm. if you're doing a takeout game, something working well here in the Twin Cities or elsewhere that's working for you, reach out to him. Please. Uh, me too. I'm I'm trying to figure stuff out about yep. what to do on the whole bean coffee side. Uh, so yeah, 
Thanks for stopping by, man. Uh, this is definitely something I think will be valuable for people. Thank you, Rob. So, Stay right. safe out there, guys. Yeah, safe drive down to Rochester. <laughs> uh, I knew, normally end it and say, have a good day. Uh, <laughs> so I'll do that this time. Wash your hands. It's, it almost seems like, I'll still say, have a good day. <laughs>